Welcome to the Bible Project Daily Podcast. And the project is to work through the entire Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. If you're just joining us for the very first time, can I recommend that you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and you can join this amazing journey through the whole Bible and perhaps even consider going back for the start and playing catch up for a little while so that you can do the entire Bible. We're in season three and we're 20 odd episodes into the Gospel of Matthew. But season two was the book of Genesis and then before that in season one, I gave an overview of each and every one of the books of our Bible. Now initially the podcasts were about eight minutes long. It's only when we switched to Matthew that we switched to the longer format. So it maybe won't take you as long as you think it might to do catch up if you maybe just listen to a couple of episodes a day. Anyway, if you're here for the first time or if you're one of the thousands of regulars who are on this journey, I'm so thrilled to be here with you and I hope you really get something really special out of this amazing section of scripture. One of the most important sections in the entire New Testament where Jesus speaks in what is called and often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount and as we're beginning to reach just the tail end of the Beatitudes, the Blessings. So we'll pick up the text in a moment, but I'll see you hopefully right at the end where I'll just update you on a couple of things. So bye for now. Okay, friends, we're working, continuing to work through the Beatitudes and consider how we can gain the blessings of God. And this time today, we're looking at the seventh characteristic in this list that is often referred to as the Beatitude or the Blessings, the seventh on a list of eight. And the seventh blessing is in Matthew chapter 5 verse 9 where Jesus tells us that blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. All right, it seems straightforward enough. Jesus is saying is one of the ways in which we can enjoy the blessings of God one of the things we can do, the characteristics we can develop in order to gain that blessing is to be a peacemaker. However, I immediately think when I've heard that, how often it's said that history is written by the winners. And it appears to me that most of the people we remember and we recognize and we read about are even considered the heroes of history or leaders who have waged war and won. If we just walk for a minute down the path of history and look, we can consider there are so many great generals that are known to us. Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, Napoleon, Wellington, Nelson, George Washington, and more recently Rommel and Montgomery, George Patton, Dwight Eisenhower, and that only begins the list. But also what about the actual warmongers and despots? It appears we can also name many of them. Names from history like Genghis Khan, Hitler, Stalin, Mao Zedong, or more recently Pol Pot and Idi Amin, or even Saddam Hussein. But what about the peacemakers? Who at the end of these wars were the peacemakers? I think it's interesting that we seem to know more about the war wagers and the war mongers 
and we even perhaps might be said glorify the war maker, but not, it appears, the peacemaker. I wonder if any of you can name any peacemakers. Not many, if any at all, I would imagine. But once again, Jesus here seems to be turning things upside down and says the ones who are blessed in the kingdom of God are the polar opposite of the ones that the world lauds or even remembers. Jesus again turns things on its head and says it will be the peacemakers that God will bless, not the war makers. But then that raises the question, who are the peacemakers? Who are they today? And what does it even mean to be a peacemaker? Has it got a wider perspective than just the conflicts between nations and peoples? Well, let me define what I believe the Bible says about what a peacemaker is and about what being a peacemaker is. And we need to understand that first and foremost, a peacemaker is someone who themselves has experienced living at peace with God. Someone who has experienced peace at a profound level and then shares that peace with others. So firstly, if you're going to be a peacemaker, if you're going to attempt to help others make peace, Unless you've experienced peace yourself, then how can you do that? How can you experience real peace? Well, Romans chapter 5 verse 1 tells us how we can do that. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So therefore, once we are saved, justified by faith, we truly have peace with God. So the first thing it seems we need to be a peacemaker is simply to trust Christ. And when we trust Christ, then the blessing that comes from that decision is a peace with God, eternal peace with God. You know, it's almost like saying that God has made a peace treaty with the world and he's offered us that treaty in sending his son Jesus Christ. And we can all partake of that peace when we simply trust in him. So in order to be a true peacemaker, the first thing we have to do is experience peace. And that's the point where you start. But the next thing you need to do, the second thing you need to do, is to practice peace. You're not going to be able to be a peacemaker unless you've experienced it yourself and then practiced it. Colossians chapter 3 clearly states that for us where it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to one peace. I think this really helps us get a handle on this aspect of peace. So let's just talk about this for a second. We need, it says, to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Now the Greek word translated rule actually means, well, it's something like umpire. In other words, when there is a decision to be made or a conflict to be addressed or settled, we are called to choose the path of peace, the path that will be most likely to reduce the conflict. And where there is a choice to be made, we must umpire that decision and base that on upon the umpire that is called peace. Now, the picture I have in mind is the one that says that once we've experienced peace with God, Thereafter, by having the peace of God rule in our hearts, he is giving the spiritual gift to enable 
us to allow the Holy Spirit to discern the future path of peace in all our decision making. Meaning the Lord will not allow anyone or anything that happens in our lives from that point forward if we listen and are obedient to him. Nothing can steal the peace that we have with God as long as we let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Now, as a caveat, I've got to say that peace is much more than just the avoidance of conflict, but I'll come back to that in a minute. But when we face a situation of hostility or conflict, we too, by experiencing the peace of God, what that means is instead of us getting upset or angry, uh, or even reacting in a way that causes more conflict, we have the potential to just settle back and relax in the peace of God. We should never allow a problem or a person to take the peace of God from us, and by meditating on this truth, thereby we can truly live in peace. To be a peacemaker, you've got to know what true peace actually means. In order to do that, this is something we have to diligently practice. Now, we are limited, sinful human beings, and other people will not be practicing peace around us. But there is always the ability to ask the Lord for his help in living a life of peace. There is, in fact, a rather famous prayer of peace. It's widely associated with the Italian Francis of Assisi. It's worth noting that it's entirely absent from his writing. But nonetheless, this famous prayer calls upon the Lord to make us an instrument of his peace. Let me read it for you. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is error, truth. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. Grant it, Lord, that I may not much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Now this is considered by some as a Catholic prayer, but I personally don't have any issues with the sentiment or the marvellous theology of this prayer for any Christian believer who's seeking a true understanding of what it means to live in peace and to be a peacemaker. And may I suggest, if you're going to be an instrument of God's peace, you have to firstly experience that peace, secondly practice that peace by living that way, but also, thirdly, we are called to proclaim peace. In Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth, he said this, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, or as some translations have, have peace with God. That's 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20. Now this suggests to me, as peacemakers, we must primarily preach the gospel. And we do that so others can experience the peace of God that we ourselves have experienced and hopefully practised. Now trust me, there are very few people in the world who really know the peace of God. 
They don't even know that God has offered this peace treaty in Christ. They don't even recognize that they're out of step with God or even that they need to be forgiven or that it's even possible for them to know God and have peace with him. I'm reminded of the story some years ago of what happened 50 years after World War II in the Pacific Islands. There were Japanese soldiers hiding in the, in the jungles on the Pacific Islands who didn't know the war was over and the peace treaty has been signed. And when American tourists landed on those islands many years later and went walking and exploring inland, the Japanese soldiers, very elderly by, by now, shot at them. And even as the tourists tried to tell them the war was over, they got shot at. I think that's actually an interesting metaphor because it reminds me of the fact that still today, if we go out there and try and tell people about how they may have peace with God, well, you may very well be shot at as well. But as peacemakers, we must proclaim peace. But let me suggest one other thing, a fourth thing. So you're not a peacemaker unless you first experienced the peace of God and then practiced the peace of God, lived it out and also proclaimed the peace of God. But you also have to make peace with others. In other words, be a practitioner of bringing peace between people. In Philippians chapter 4, it tells us of a conflict between women and Paul writes to a friend of his at the church there And he's a co-worker in the gospel, a guy called Clement. And he says to him, you have to try and enable these women to find peace between themselves. So this tells me a peacemaker is someone who also aims at establishing harmonious relationships between all people. That's the essence of what it is to be a peacemaker. Now, if you're going to try and do that, you may not feel initially very qualified to do that. If you're going to do this, you're going to need some special characteristics, some special qualifications. Well, may I suggest those characteristics, those qualifications for doing this are actually the blessings that you have already received by developing the characteristics we have already looked at in these previous Beatitudes. Peacemakers are people who are dependent on the Lord. They grieve over the conflict that others experience, and they are gentle in their attempts at reconciliation. You might say they're even meek. And also they want what is right more than anything else, meaning they have a hunger and a thirst after righteousness. Yet at the same time, they are merciful with all people. You've got to see these things as all coming together when you want to be right with other people and see people right not only with God, but with each other. But unless you are meek and merciful and seek righteousness in every situation, then you can't really be a peacemaker. So if you've got all of the attitudes correct up to this point, it is only then that you can truly be in the position of being a peacemaker. All right, let's just pause here for a second and let me make a suggestion. What I'm about to tell you is something someone told me many years ago, and it's been one of the great insights, the practical spiritual insights into my life for a very long time. Many years ago, I met an elderly pastor, a wise, godly man, and he and I got into a discussion about the conflict that I was experiencing in the church, a church where I was involved in a minor leadership role. 
And he said this to me, an appeaser is in fact a troublemaker and they're not a peacemaker. Now I think when we hear the term peacemaker, we automatically assume that you're just someone who doesn't have disagreements with other people. But that is not necessarily the case. Let me explain this a little. If you're an appeaser, you don't actually address situations of conflict or potential conflict. You just sweep them under the rug. And then what happens is they fester and they bounce back, they return later, causing even bigger conflicts and trouble in the future. So I think that is an incredibly valuable spiritual insight. Now one commentator I read put it like this, there's many a person who thinks he is loving peace when he is in fact just piling up trouble for the future because he refuses to face the situation and take action. This is not the type of peace which the Bible calls for. Blessing does not come from the evasion of issues. It comes from facing and dealing with them and conquering them. But bear in mind the attitude of the peacemaker as exemplified in that so-called prayer of Francis of Assisi that I read early. You see, the attitude of a true peacemaker, it demands, yes, that you're not passive, and it demands that you don't accept all things just because you're afraid of the trouble or the conflict that might come by doing so, by speaking about them or against them. But we are called as peacemakers to actively face things that are causes of conflict or potential conflict because they're not in keeping with the Spirit and the Word of God. But we have to try and make peace in every way in our approach to these things, even when the path of peace means that it will be a struggle. And you know what? If you do that, if you live that way, if you can truly be a godly peacemaker, there are blessings promised. So what are the blessings promised to the peacemakers? We'll look again at this verse. And notice carefully, if you read the text closely, you notice that you're called a child of God or a son of God in some translations. Now this verse is not just talking about being an offspring of God as someone who's been born again into the family of God. That happened at the point you accepted Christ as your personal saviour. It's talking about us being like and becoming like God. In other words, the blessing is you will become more like God in character. In fact, that's what God did. That's why God sent his son to pay for our sins so that we could be reconciled to God, that we could find peace with God, right? So then we can go around establishing peace between people and God and between people and other people. And if you're doing that, then you yourself are being like God. And that's what this verse means. But there's also further blessings awaiting those who are called a child of God. 1 John chapter 3 verse 2 says this, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what will be has not been made known yet, but we now know that when Christ appears, we shall see him, for we shall see him as he is. So in the fullest sense of the term, what it means to be a child of God is that one day is we will, well, initially we will see God in our lives and in the everyday and in the blessings and the actions 
and the deliverances of people in and through their conflicts by the power of the Holy Spirit. But also, we will one day stand before the Lord and then we will see him face to face and then he will acknowledge us as a child of God. There are some people who are always at the centre of the storms of life. People who cause trouble wherever they go. Now we know such people are often anger and bitter and resentful in individuals who repeatedly get involved in trouble and strife wherever they go. These people are peace takers. But our job, by primarily preaching the gospel, is to bring people to such a place where they're reconciled with God, where they too can find peace with God and instead of living in and being driven by the hurts and pains they have in their life, they can actually begin the process of becoming more like God and experience the blessings, all these blessings that we've seen as we've worked through the Beatitudes. And on the other hand, there are troublemakers, yes, but there are people who are peacemakers. And what they look like is they are gentle and they want what's right more than anything else. That's verse 6, by the way. They are merciful. That's verse 7, by the way. They have pure motives. That was verse 8. And they unite people and bring people to God and bring the peace of God into people's lives because of the way they live. And that's the current verse. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Now there's one more blessing to come, and it's different from all the previous blessings, but we'll find out about that one tomorrow. Okay, friends, thank you for joining me. I hope you're getting as much out of this amazing passage of the Beatitudes as I am, and that you'll continue to come back every day as we work through not only the Gospel of Matthew, but Lord willing, the whole Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, over how many years it takes. I'd like to thank each and every one of you who've made the decision to come on this journey with me. It's such an encouragement to know that thousands and thousands of people have now made the decision to follow on and make the study of the Word of God part of the rhythm of their daily lives. But if you're here and you've just joined us recently, a couple of things worth pointing out. There's always a transcript of everything I say. And everything I say and do and put on the internet, I put on copyright free in the public domain. It's not necessary for you to credit and you are most welcome to use it in your personal study time or in the preparation of any preaching or teaching that you yourself are called to do. Please take it and run with it and use it with my blessings and I trust the blessings of God. But what would we appreciate it is if you are finding you're benefiting from this, then consider liking or sharing it or sharing links to it on the places on the internet that you exist in, maybe social media or other places. So other people may be brought into contact with the life-changing words of Jesus Christ, like we're looking at today, and the Word of God in its entirety of the whole Bible. As well as the link to the transcript, there will also be links to other ways you can connect to my ministry. I put other 
more sort of formal, structured teaching courses on places like YouTube, my Patreon page, and there's also a, a link to a Facebook page and a few other places where you can uh, connect and maybe even partner with my ministry if you feel God's calling you to do that. But other than that, thank you again so much. I covet your prayers that I will be able to have the, the health and the physical resources to continue this project, which I believe God's called me to do, to spend whatever time I've left working through the whole Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and making this available, this teaching available to everyone online, well, hopefully forever, or for until the Lord returns anyway. But with that said and that in mind, I just say bye-bye for now, and I'll trust I'll see you back here, right here tomorrow, or whatever day it is for you, you next open up the Bible Project Daily Podcast. Bye-bye for now. Mm-hmm.